Twice a week, Van Lathan and Rachel Lindsay dissect the biggest topics in Black culture, politics, and sports on their show, Higher Learning. They discuss the most important and timely conversations while also frequently inviting guests on the podcast and occasionally debating each other. Check out Higher Learning on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. It's the Full Go presented by FanDuel. The playoff action is heating up, and with FanDuel, you can bet on everything from the NBA Finals MVP to who's going to lift the Stanley Cup. And right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub. Filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays, or SGPs as the kids like to call them, all on one page. Plus, start betting on the pulse and get paid instantly when you win. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus, 18 plus in D.C. and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Chicago everywhere, check it. It's not enough Chicago. We just don't have enough Chicago people. Jason Goff is here. Well, I'm at Full Go. The Full Go Podcast. The Full Go. Bears, Bulls, White Sox, Cubs, and Blackhawks. Our man, Jason Goff. Three times a week with Jason Goff. His mood is elevated. He is feeling good. Jason, I'm loving the Full Go. Love the Full Go. The Full Go. The Full Go. Welcome to Full Go with Jason Goff. That is what I'm talking about. Talking about. What up, world? You're listening to The Full Goal with Jason Goff, presented by The Ringer, a Spotify original. Hey, hey, we, listen, we're, we're already recording, so fuck it. You know, I, I the, the NBA playoffs at some point in the, I'd say probably early aughts, you know, beginning of the 2010s, the NBA playoffs switched from uh, better team wins to matchup wins, better, better matchup wins. And I'm at the place now where I wouldn't be surprised if somebody took the Bulls to seven games and in a, in a fateful seventh game, they didn't, you know, offensive rebound, I'm sorry, defensive rebound well enough or they didn't hit enough three-pointers because they don't take a lot of them because that just isn't their offensive profile. I wouldn't be surprised. And I also wouldn't be surprised to see this team in the Eastern Conference Finals battling out with somebody. Uh, I already think I know one team that's going to be in that joint no matter what. And and I listen, I am uh, I, I don't need any bail because I am happy to be a prisoner of this moment. But the shit that James Harden and Joel Embiid are doing, uh, James Harden has a different vibe to him when he's, you know, there are certain artists, right? Like whoever your favorite artist is, your favorite recording artist, you can tell if they've had any kind of discography. You can tell when they're feeling it and when they're not. You can tell when guys are trying to get out of a contract or ladies are trying to get out of a contract and when they're not. You can tell when the, the relationship is great at home because sometimes the music suffers when that's happening. You can tell when they just came off of a breakup or something, you know, some life-altering event happened and they ran straight to the studio. James Harden is an artist. And when he got a chance to go to Houston, he, 
that was that was him breaking free. It was now Bobby Brown, not Bobby Brown in New Edition, right? It was it wasn't Michael in the Jackson Five. It was Michael Jackson, and he got eight years to do that. Then after pointing fingers and going, all right, this guy, this guy, this guy, who who, who can you put around me? Oh, nobody. All right, I want out. You know, after Chris Paul, after Russell Westbrook, after all those things, Dwight Howard, all those guys around him, James Harden goes to Brooklyn. All right, this should be cool. Kyrie don't want to get the jab. Kevin Durant's hurt. Steve Nash can't coach his way out of wet paper bag. All right, I'm out of here. And now he's in a, a new and improved relationship. That dude is is singing great music. I don't see, and the bench is huge. Don't get me wrong. But the way, hell, Tyrese Maxey is playing for the Philadelphia 76ers these last few games. Like, there are people who are benefiting from James Harden's presence that aren't named Joel Embiid. Like, Joel Embiid is going to get his. And, you know, it's funny to see Joel Embiid catch the lobs that were made for Clint Capella and some more athletic bigs in terms of more bouncy people because Joel, he goes up and comes down with his like, all right, I'm not going to do all that in the air. I'm going to put it up after you throw it up at the rim, but I'm going to go get it. But James Harden is painting a a beautiful picture right now. He's, He's happy. He's bouncing around. I mean, hell, do you know of anybody who looks like they lose weight faster to get, you know, into better playing shape? Like, this last couple of weeks in Brooklyn, James was looking like, you know, it was that last Houston run. And now he's in a Philadelphia uniform. I don't know if it's the all white or the jerseys are fitting a little bit better, but James out here showing off the chest and the shoulders. He, he looked like old school James. So that that team, it, unless something ridiculous happens because rotation shorten, your lineup shortens. They, I'm not as worried about their depth and their bench in the postseason as I am in the regular season because they got to, you know, move around a little bit, jockey for position, home playoff court advantage, all those good things. But when you put two of the best seven or eight, the way he's playing right now, two of the best seven, eight, nine, ten guys in the world on the same court in a playoff situation, yeah, man, it's going to be hard to to, to stop that team. And they already have the defensive identity that can kind of – cover up some of James Harden's issues, right? Matisse Thibel is out there to guard anybody that James Harden is going to have to guard until the fourth quarter, right? So I, I think that Philadelphia thing, and like I said, you, somebody's going to have to shoot me some bail, right? Because I may, be, may want to be bailed out of this prison of, uh, of the moment, but yeah, I'm worried. And I know it's the Knicks. I know it's the, everybody hitting me over the head. It was the Knicks, damn it. Yeah, certain basketball things you can tell. So then, if I think they're going to be in it, now who are we talking about? Milwaukee, we're talking about Brooklyn, we're talking about the Bulls, we're talking about the Heat. Uh, As far as the Heat is concerned, the fact that their core players haven't played a lot together this year is an issue, but they, once again, defensive identity, defensive principles, they're going to ride that until everybody gets back together healthy and playing on the same page. I just don't know if they're going to be able to score enough uh, in the in the playoffs against you know real defenses. They play their own brand of defense, but I don't know. And Tyler Hero's refocused, re-energized. You know, coming out of the bubble, Tyler Hero was pushing to be you know the best white basketball player in the NBA, right? Like Europe, like non-European born, right? Like uh, domestically grown, homegrown white talent. Tyler Hero had the torch, boy. He was going to hold it down, and then. The year after the bubble happened, and you know, so there there are a lot of people who think a lot of things about what was happening down there in Miami. But Tyler Hero came back, got his mind right this year. 
And he's balling his ass off. I mean, he's in the running for sixth man of the year. So that Miami matchup is going to be tough. And Brooklyn, that's the wild card. That's the, I mean, Ben Simmons, from, from the people that I've talked to about this back situation, it's a little bit more real than we're giving it um, credence to because obviously Ben hasn't played this season and the mental health issues that some people are questioning, uh, and not me, but some people are questioning uh, it seems like a convenient injury at this time. I, you know, from the people that I've talked to, Ben was messing around trying to race back and prove to his Brooklyn teammates that he's that dude. Too many two days, and you, your back tightens up on you. All of a sudden, you gotta you gotta pump the brakes on the comeback, and it makes you look bad because it makes you look like you're you're ducking your team on March 10th, your former team on March 10th, in the Philadelphia 76ers. The Brooklyn Nets are the wild card, and of course, the Milwaukee Bucks. They got the best player that we don't talk about enough, right? Like Jokic and Giannis, and and I, I will keep it a thousand with you. There is a there is an American bias when it comes to basketball. Uh, the, the, there are a lot of people who believe that uh, foreign-born players are not only outstanding, but MVP candidates, pillars of foundations, people you could build around, great in the community, all those other things. And there's still that many percentage of NBA fans who look at foreign players and go, eh, all right, not going to give them as much credit for whatever reason. Maybe it'd be subconsciously, maybe it'd be directly or indirectly. But the fact that Nikola Jokic and Giannis Antetokounmpo, along with Joel Embiid, have played head and shoulders above everybody in the NBA this season. And we talked about Joel, but Giannis, I don't know how there's Giannis fatigue because he's a champion and he's, you know, game seven, 50 ball dropper in an elimination situation, right? But we, we talk about Giannis like once a week where it's like, hey, did you see Giannis had 35 and 18 again? Oh, that, that boy crazy. And then we go back to talking about, you know, Anthony Edwards or John Morant or, you know, guys that we uh, feel like, you know, I, I don't know, we can relate to or homegrown. Just like Jokic. Jokic is messing around in the tougher conference, right? The West, I, I love the East, top to bottom, right? But the West is still, I think, a little bit ahead of the East. He's out there without Jamal Murray who is, he showed you what he was in the bubble, right? When him and Donovan Mitchell trading 50-point games and Michael Porter Jr., this dude just got maxed out. He's he's without his second and third best player on his team. He's out there throwing up ridiculous numbers for Denver, but since he's bouncing around the fifth, sixth, seventh seed, we're not talking about it enough. Like, Giannis and the Bucks are still Giannis and the Bucks. So I, if I'm the Chicago Bulls or I'm a Chicago Bulls fan right now, I'm in the cut thinking to myself, okay, how much of this is due to injury and how much of this is just this team is still learning? And we talked about it last pod. This team's still learning how to not just win, but compete when the experience is foreign. And guys have been playing basketball their whole lives, right? We've been watching them play basketball their entire careers, right? I remember watching Zach at UCLA. I remember watching DeMar at USC. But there's a difference. Both of them are pros. Both of them have, have you know, had individual accolades and individual awards. Uh, Zach Levine has been recognized over these last couple of years as the player that he, he is, and the, the hard work has finally paid off. But Zach Levine is entering an, a realm and in an area that is foreign to him. And I'm not saying he's going to shrink under those lights, but if you're, if you're watching Zach right now, Casey Johnson did a terrific job talking to him and 
actually getting down and drilling down to the brass tacks of what's going on with his knee. Zach Levine told Casey Johnson and Joe Cowley that I'm not going to be 100% for the rest of this year. And 70 to 80% Zach is better than a lot of players in the league. Those are his words. So when a dude says that to me, one, I can't imagine the amount of pain he's dealing with because if you're talking about relieving swelling from a knee by pulling fluid out of it, that means that's something that you're going to have to do probably again before the season's over. I'm not, I'm not a doctor. I'm not sure of that. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if he has to have that procedure done again. And then on top of it, you go from being one of the more efficient, high-volume scorers, which is worth its weight in gold in the NBA. A lot of guys can score 30 points. A lot of guys can score 25 points. Not many of them do it on 20 shots or less, and Zach has made that a routine pre-injury. Now you have to kind of midway through the season switch up your game. Like, Zach doesn't have the burst and the bounce that uh, that, that we used to seeing. Yeah, you know, he threw down a ridiculous dunk on a, on a breakaway where there was a take foul, I believe, tonight, where it's like, yeah, he still has that. But the the quick twitch... Um, the burst, uh, the, the slashing ability, you'll see it, but it, it feels like he's, he's holding that turbo button down extra hard, right? It feels like he, all right, it's like a pitcher late in the game where, you know, it's, it's eight innings into it. You already had 110 on the pitch count, but you need 97, right? And you've been throwing 95, 94 for the last three or four innings or whatever the case may be, but you got to dial it up to 97. You can see when pitchers dial it up. I think you can see in certain moments when Zach's like, all right, I got to dial it up. He did it tonight in the third quarter against the Hawks. That seems like it's going to be taxing. And if I'm him, one, I better have gotten some assurances, right? Because you don't want to end up like Isaiah Thomas. Shout out to Isaiah. He just signed with the Charlotte Hornets. Um, Isaiah Thomas is out here trying to live out that basketball dream. And if all the idiots out there who are shading Isaiah Thomas or talking about let it go, man, you've never lived a dream or you've never, uh, you've never done what you wanted to do for a living since you were a kid. Because ain't no way in hell if I feel like I got a little basketball left in me and somebody paying, oh yeah, I'm out here. Right, whether it be in the G League, which he's been in the, uh, I believe, on a couple of different G League franchises this year, or a couple of different NBA franchises. But man, these dudes are out here trying to figure out what their lives are after a, a catastrophic injury. Like Boston Celtics, Isaiah Thomas was a long time ago, and he put it all on the line with that bad hip for Danny Ainge and that, that crew. And what did it get him? Traded to Cleveland and then bounced around from team to team where he's in this situation now where the whole NBA community is rooting on. I'm not saying that's happening with Zach, but when a guy says, I'm definitely not a me-first guy by result of what I'm actually out here doing right now, that means to me, either you just love basketball on a level that is unconscionable, putting it before your business, or what I think is the more likely scenario is that Zach has gotten some assurances that you're going to be here in Chicago. So how you want to play this? Right, because there's a twenty, thirty million dollar difference here on the line too. Zach has played his way into a, you know, a consideration for an all uh, NBA top three team kind of, you know, situation where you get bumped up to the supermax. So two hundred million dollars is a hell of a lot more money than I could ever fathom or imagine happening. But when you know that money is coming, and there's a difference between that and two forty or whatever that supermax number is. You saying to the team, I am going to go out here with this bad knee 
is also you saying to the team, I am putting on the line the season that I have had already up until this point because I'm not going to be myself over these next couple of weeks, few weeks or so. It may drop me out of the running for those top three mentions in their all-NBA voting. And then, Subsequently, that $29, $30 million that you could have added on to that super max deal, it just becomes a max deal. And I say just, but I'm not going to count anybody's dollars for them. So there's something, there's some communication seemingly here that you could read, uh, you could, you could read uh, behind the scenes, you could read the tea leaves and know, okay, Zach has somewhat been assured that he's going to be a Chicago Bull going forward. But still, do you do it, right? Like if, if you tell me you're going to sign me, do I not just say, all right, we've been playing really, really well, and I want to make sure that I've given you everything that I could possibly give you over the next, you know, five, six years, whatever this contract is going to be? Or do I say, this is the time. I've never been in the playoffs before. Uh, you know, coming into the season, I had never won four games in a row before. So, hell, I'm going out there with DeMar DeRozan because he's busting his ass. He's helping us and not just helping us, carrying us when I've been hurt or when I've been out of the lineup. Yeah, I think those things are happening right now. And the stress and the weight of the NBA season and all the injuries, I think, are wearing on this team. It's a three-game losing streak. And a couple of these games were winnable. This Atlanta game was very winnable to me. And DeMar DeRozan, if you've noticed, post-All-Star break, the energy level, like... I don't know who didn't expect him to hit some kind of wall, but you don't set records like he set without giving max energy and max performances and then have a lull. Like when we saw, what was it like a 10 for 24, 26 or something like that the other night? And now tonight where he's getting trapped and doubled and his usage rate isn't changing. I was looking up the pick and roll stats going into the pregame show tonight with Kendall. And uh, <laughs> Trey Young is at the league lead with 14 and a half pick and roll possessions per game. And, and, you know, just trying to figure out the Bulls' weaknesses, obviously, pick and roll defense, but just trying to figure out how often it would be employed by the Atlanta Hawks. And they do it more than anybody in the league. And if you take a look and you scroll down just a little bit further, you know, Luka Doncic having a monster, monster post-All-Star break of the season. John Morant at three with 12.3 possessions of pick and roll uh, per game. Donovan Mitchell is at 12.1. So you got the four leaders in pick and roll, just initiations, right? Just just starting that offensive set. You got the four guys in the NBA as Trey Young, Luka Doncic, John Moran, Donovan Mitchell. And guess who's number five? It's DeMar DeRozan, right? So when we think about pick and roll point guards, DeMar DeRozan is top five in the league. That's a lot. That's high usage. That's a lot of bumping. That's a lot of, you know, go back to the baseball analogy. 100 fastballs is different than 100 curveballs. <laughs> you got a lot of different stresses on the arm. And it feels like DeMar DeRozan has been throwing 100 curveballs for these last couple of weeks. And he's human, right? For eight years, we watched James Harden. I mentioned James Harden again. For eight years, as a Houston Rocket. We watched James Harden try to play every damn game, get every triple-double, score every point. Was he two-time scoring champion? Led the league in assists, I believe, one or maybe two years as, 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 with his time with the Houston Rockets. But what do we talk about most? James Harden's postseason failures. What do we talk about? Two for 27 against the Golden State Warriors from the three that Houston Rockets team was in a game seven that they should have beat the Warriors. And everybody's like, what's going on with James? He's fucking tired, right? And on top of that, people were like, hey, he might have had a concussion in that game. But yeah, you, you cannot play 
80 some odd games of basketball, get to the playoffs and think that you're going to keep it at that same level just because you're doing it against, you know, the, you know, I, I don't know. I keep, I keep doing this and I apologize to Rudy, but just because you were doing it against the magic, you know what I mean? Or, or doing it against the Sacramento Kings, right? Like that, this ain't a Wednesday night in, 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 in February, fam. This is, this is the playoffs. Right. And, and your body is sitting there like, yeah, but we gave all we could. So <laughs> good looking out. Like you don't want that to happen with DeMar DeRozan. So monitoring DeMar over these next couple games and just checking out that energy level. Like I said, I, you know, I would, I don't think DeMar's ever going to ask out of the lineup, but I wouldn't be surprised over this last 20 games. if You don't see him get a little bit of a rest because the other thing that you have to guard against and worry about if you're a Bulls fan is the soft tissue injuries or the fatigue injuries that come along with how much DeMar DeRozan has been used. And we're saying all that on the heels of him being the Eastern Conference Player of the Month for the month of February. So congratulations to him. But the Bulls have definitely got some challenges. They did their first double big lineup tonight with Tristan Thompson and Nikola Vucevic. And guess what? That lane was a lot more crowded when you got a big out there who can't shoot. Right? The same shit will make you laugh, make you cry. Everybody wants somebody be in here. Get another big in there. You got to make sure you're cleaning up the defensive glass. Okay. But when Zach is time, it's time for Zach or DeMar or anybody to drive and Tristan Thompson is on the floor, you can put his ass at half court. His man is going to be in front of the rim. His man is going to have a foot in the paint. So it changes the schematics of your offense, the offensive profile, the, 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 the characteristics of the way you get buckets. And you got to do that on the fly without a lot of prep time, without a lot of practice time. And teams aren't looking at the Bulls anymore like, oh, look at the, look at the cute Bulls. Look at the young Bulls. No, they're looking at the Bulls like, all right, it's time to put another head on the mantle, right? This is a good team that everybody respects. Let's go out there. Oh, yeah, you got the player of the month. It's time for us to shut them down. Oh, yeah, you got Zach Levine, former dunk contest champion. I don't give a shit about his knee. It's time for me to get, you know, time for me to get paid off of what I do against him. And teams are treating it like that. So. Billy Donovan's got to figure this thing out. Uh, DeMar DeRozan, uh, hopefully he doesn't have to keep tapping that turbo button the way he is. Same with Zach. Uh, Alex Caruso and Lonzo Ball, when they get healthy, they'll be here, but they're going to have to have an adjustment period too. Uh, there's different times throughout this season where we've had to figure out as Bulls fans, okay, how, when can they coast? You know, How many wins have they banked so that they can try to figure things out? That time is over. It's pedaled to the to the floor time. And teams are treating it like that around the NBA. Look around and see who's who's gearing up right now. Hell, the Celtics. Look at the Celtics. Celtics are dead in the water. Last week and a half, two weeks or so, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown know where they want to be, and they also know the league they play in. Play a little bit harder. <laughs> pick your spots a little bit better. Play some goddamn defense. Next thing you know, the Celtics out here looking like one of the best teams in the East. So the Bulls have their work cut out for them. They truly do. And none better. Nothing better. I've been looking forward to this game for a week and a half, two weeks more. <sighs> the Grayson Allen revenge game coming up tomorrow night. If you're listening to this, right, on, on, on March 4th, shout out to you. If you're listening to it on March 3rd, then you you wanted the, the, the ride or dies. Like, it's you and my mama who, who, who catch this thing as soon as it come out when Spotify throws that little notification. I, I feel so proud when I get that notification. It wakes me up out of my sleep, says the full go is posting another pod. I'm like, there, there it go. That's, that's me. So if you, my mama, or somebody else that's an Uber fan, like, 
borderline stalkerish and you listen to this tonight, cool. But if you're listening to this when when you're supposed to listen to it, you know, tomorrow, like while you're not hanging out with your family, you know what time it is. It's the Grayson Allen Milwaukee Bucks get back game. Right. And this ain't baseball where you go out there, like say the Boston Red Sox back in the day threw at you, you throw at Manny Ramirez or or or, or David Ortiz just to, to even it up. Cause I remember some socks, some Red Sox, White Sox issues back in the day when Ozzy was a manager. But this ain't that. You ain't got a hard foul, uh, Giannis Atacupo. You ain't gotta put it on Chris Middleton. Them the homies, you know, they're the adversaries, but yeah, they haven't done anything to anybody. No, 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 ladies and gentlemen, no, no, no. You think you brought Tristan Thompson in here to set screens and the offensive rebound and to, to enjoy the nightlife that Chicago has to offer? You did. You did. But you also brought him in here to provide that veteran leadership, to provide that veteran oomph, and also to lay the wood to dudes like Grayson Allen. I'm going to tell you right now, I have never been the, you got to get the get back guy. I've never been that dude, right? Play the game, beat him that way. But man, when a dude throws your guy out of the air the way he did Alex Caruso, not just harming him, but putting your season in peril. Because we've seen what this team has been in terms of corralling pick-and-roll ball handlers defensively. And it's a lot of it's been because there is no Lonzo Ball and there is no Alex Caruso. Yeah, Grayson Allen got to pay. He got to pay. I'm not talking about hurt the guy, but it's one of those situations where you just tell the point guard at jump ball, listen, Whoever he get past, it's okay because we're going to meet him at the rim with, 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 a, with a Goldberg-esque type of spear, you know, a little, little cross-body block, something crazy. But don't hurt anybody, but this is the Grayson Allen game. But yeah, Bulls fans, this doesn't feel the way it should feel right now, and there's a lot of blame to go around. And of course, if you want to say it's injuries, I won't begrudge you that. It's just the things that I'm worried about in the interim are the usage for your two best players who offensively have struggled a little bit. One has been keyed on and and doubled and triple teamed, and right now his legs may be failing him a little bit. And the other guy is Zach Levine, who is toughing this thing out. You know, the contract be damned, right? Uh, The rest of his future as a high flyer be damned, right? He's out here playing as hard as he possibly can on a bum leg. I, I... I, th- there's a lot right now. And, and if this was a team that was outside of the city of Chicago, we'd be looking at it saying, oh, man, it seems like their run might be coming to an end. The Cavalry's going to be coming back with Lonzo and Alex Caruso, but those are the two guys that I think Bulls fans not only need to worry about, but keep their eyes on for the foreseeable future of this regular season. We'll be back with more of the full goal with Jason Goff. After a word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side by side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. 
Hey, it's Len Casper, the radio voice of the White Sox. You're listening to The Full Go with Jason Goff. So, fellas, I want to ask you a question. And I, I, I don't pry into your personal lives too often, but Jesse Lopez, Steve Cerruti, man to man to man, when's the last time you guys got a pedicure? Mine was probably over five years ago. Has okay. been recent. All right. Over so five Rudy, years ago. Jess? Never for me. Never? No. Oh, this, this I've, I've right, heard this. It's, I've heard several right people man. say, he, I've got to do it, but no, just this never is, done you're, it. You're the, you're the right, never done you're the it. right one man. that I should be talking to right now. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you something. Hey, that was so my, I, I only had one, by the way. That was just, you one, only just had the one? one time. Just the <laughs> oh, one time. I was one and done. Yeah. <laughs> There's always one time. There's always that one. Fellas. Fellas. Not for me, though. You t- I'm telling you now, Jess, treat yourself, man. We have gotten to the age where, you know, and especially I'm talking about the age, not not our actual ages, but we've gotten to the age now where we as men can be a little bit more vulnerable, right? You know, get in touch with our, our, our I won't even call it a feminine side, just get in touch with the side of care, self-care, right? Um, and the spring is around the corner and then the summer hits, you know, them toes going to be out, whether you're walking around in your flip-flops, shout out to the to the young white guy uniform, you know, cargo shorts, t-shirts, and flip-flops, a little, you know, a little, little puka shell necklace or something like that. You know, a little, little backwards visor. This is for like 2004? Frat- yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> little, little backwards visor for my frat bros. <laughs> you know, the shark, whenever I saw the shark tooth necklace, I'm like, oh shit, he's going to pound all the beers. Yeah. But, yep. <laughs> but, but man, oh, I've been, I've been putting it off been putting it off for a while and the the weather broke a little bit here in the city of Chicago got up to like 62 degrees the other day and you know like I said shout out to my white brethren they always alert me as to when it's warm enough you know I'm seeing all my guys out here with the vest the big down vests on but the shorts you know what I mean like the <laughs> the bottom don't get cold but the top does so I'm like all right it's time for time for me to venture on outside ran some errands you know got a got a new 6 month supply of contacts and boy I stopped by my girl, Oksana, and man, when I tell you, it's been too long since I've seen her. It's been too, so, so long. You get the calf rubbed down. You get you, you, you get the, the, the wood chipper taken to the back of your feet. You know what I mean? Like, you get all that excess dead skin off, and it's good for your health, man. I'm telling you fellas out there, if you're listening to me, I am doing you a favor. You will feel better. You will feel lighter about it. And on top of it, you will be rubbing them crusty-ass feet on your lady or whoever your partner is on, on a nightly basis. There have been nights where I've sat in here next to my lady and she starts to rub her feet on my feet. I'm like, oh shit, I ain't got nothing pleasant for you over here, babes. You know, I'm, I'm surprised that 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 the sparks don't fly off. Like I'm lighting a big lighter when she touches my feet. You know, like that, you, you gotta get your situation in order. So Jesse, I don't give a damn if I gotta do it for you. I'm gonna make an appointment for you, brother, and make sure that you get them dogs taken care of because we as men don't take care of our feet the way that we should. I used to really like kind of Try to stay on it, right? Do it like once every other month in kind of vibes. I asked Oksana, how many times should I do it? She's like, oh, yeah, once every three weeks. Oh, like, oh, I'm slipping. Now, I found out once again how much it costs and uh, the, the inflation that has happened with the, uh, the, the manicures and pedicures has been absolutely ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. But I would implore everybody out there to do it because guess what? 
you ain't going to be watching baseball this summer for the first couple of weeks. So you might as well find something to do with your spare time when that weather breaks and, and, and make sure it's outdoors. And if it's outdoors, as I'm sure people who are listening to this pod are going to have their feet out. Stop walking around with your feet looking crazy, especially if there's no baseball. You got no, you got no excuse. You got no excuse. Dudes who are sports fans don't have to be like unkept and 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 just not taking care of yourself good enough, right? Like I, I'd love to do a full pod on like man, um, uh, man maintenance. Yeah, yeah, man <laughs> yeah. maintenance, right? Like we don't we don't treat each other, we don't treat each other or ourselves good enough, right? We ask each other how you doing. We damn sure don't want to know for real. We just want you to be like I'm cool, so we can talk about whatever the hell it was we were scheduled to talk. Yeah, if you about say anything anyway. other than how are you good, then it's like you, we don't want yeah. that. Good, like, move fam, on. What are we talking? Like yeah. fam, I didn't ask you all that. I just yeah. asked you how you was doing. I didn't want to know. Yeah, how it's you not a real t- question, dude. <laughs> right, right, <laughs> right. I am planting the flag tonight on March third. If you Hey, fellas, you're listening to me right now. Yeah, hopefully you're not doing it with your lady in the car. Well, actually, hopefully you are doing it with your lady in the car. Look over and say, hey, babes, I'm scheduling a pedicure. And see how she reacts to you, right? I bet she'll love it. Yeah, you're right. Uh, right. Even that, even that, because once again, you ain't got no baseball to watch for the first couple of weeks of the regular season, right? So you can, get, you can set your appointment now. But even then, you know, just look over and say, hey, sweetheart, I'm going to go get my feet, feet done. now." You're going to get maybe one of two responses. Like Saruti just said, oh, that's awesome. Hey, yo, look at you taking care of yourself. Or, <laughs> or depending on your standing in the relationship right now, you're going to get that. So what the fuck you doing that for? What you switching shit up for? <laughs> How, who you who you going to get a pedicure for? You know what I mean? Like, that didn't happen to me, right? I'm, I'm just going to put that out there. But yeah, man, go out there and take care of yourselves. For real. No, you got, you got to phrase it. I'm doing it for you, babe. This is for you. That's all it is. That is That's all it, it is. It Simple is so that. I will live longer, right? It's so so my feet will feel better. Right? I feel lighter, right? I feel like I'm, feel like I'm a, a brand new man. So yeah, and this was my way of just messing around with you, the baseball fan, and letting you know there ain't no, ain't gonna be no baseball for a little bit because these, these, <laughs> these dudes are out here having a standoff and and a stare down while the rest of the world is like, man, that sucks. Uh, definitely not gonna catch y'all later. <laughs> like a lot of people that I've talked to about this thing really don't know what's going down. Like, like they, they, they're they just expecting baseball to just return whenever. And, of course, we're only, it seems like we're only going to lose a, a, a few games. Like, at some point, base, the baseball union is going to have to cave because that's what the lockout is. You don't start working until they, they open up the doors again. But it does feel like, though, in a major, major way, for whatever reason, you might want to think, it seems like the Major League Baseball owners and Rob Manfred have severely underestimated Tony Clark and his unification of that Players Association. From all, for all intents and purposes, it seems like uh, they expected there to be enough of a divide between the haves and the have-nots that the leadership of a former player who doesn't deal, quote-unquote, in labor law, oh yeah, at some point we'll divide and conquer the, the, the people who are missing checks or the people who haven't gotten those paydays or the people who don't care about the young players are going to come to the table and say, hey, let's get this thing figured out like they always do, and we're going to break them rank and file. And Rob Manfred has pretty much gone through his entire career, if you look at his before baseball career, trying to bust unions. 
So they looked at Tony Clark and was like, oh, we got a, you know, we got a, a short shot win here. And what they didn't account for is that Major League Baseball players are the only athletes, apparently, on the face of this continent that aren't about tanking. Like, I, I think we talk about the, uh, the, 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 the tax, right? The, what is it? The competitive balance tax, which is pretty much just a salary cap, right? Just, an, uh, you know, a, a facade for a salary cap. We look at those issues and we look at the, you know, the, the, the arbitration eligible stuff and the Super 2 stuff and the international pool and, and, and when guys can get played. But I think at the heart of this thing, you're talking about people who don't want to spend their whole summer getting the shit kicked out of them. There's a different vibe when it comes to tanking in baseball than it is in football and basketball. Right. Basketball individually, you can still get your money. You can still get off and you know that this team hasn't been put together to win. And, you know, losing, uh, losing an NBA season, like losing 60 or 55 games in an NBA season. Hell, I've covered those teams. It's no fun at all. But in the end, basketball has a different kind of um, weight. 162 games during a summer where nothing else is going on and you the only show in town. And when you the only show in town, you know it's going to be a loss. So we ain't turning you on and we ain't coming to this game. So you're playing in this empty, dead-ass stadium and you're going to get your head kicked in. Yeah, you can have that. You can have that 115, 120 times. I think what the Major League Baseball owners didn't account for is that these dudes, especially these pitchers, and you, I mean, these cats ain't going out there to lose. So when you see teams like the Marlins, or you see teams uh, like some of these low, you know, small market teams who have these low ass payrolls, yeah, you can try to tank all you want, and it sounds good. But when the application of it, the application of it is way different in baseball. There's a way different feeling. What the summer brings, it's an outdoor sport. You go without a clock on top of it. You're gonna spend three hours of your time in the heat in Kansas City. You know what I mean? Sitting out there eating barbecue and getting your ass beat 110, 115 times. No, you're going to figure something else out. So I think the the owners didn't account for the Major League Baseball players not being on that page as much as other athletes are. And then on top of it, I didn't think that they had accounted for the leadership that Tony Clark has not only provided, but the unification that he has around him. Now, we'll see how this thing plays out. But all in all, I guess what I'm trying to say is, fellas, go get your feet done. used to be one of my uh, most favorite times on the sports calendar. As a kid, I couldn't wait for the NFL draft and I couldn't wait for the NFL combine because the combine was a myth, right? Before they started televising it and it became like a a national phenomenon. Shout out to Rich Eisen and everybody at the NFL Network. Like, it's a ratings bonanza. There are people who watch the combine. Now, I believe it's on, what, from like 3 p.m. Central to like 9 p.m.? Like, they give you full tilt boogie coverage. Before, here's the highlights of the the fastest runners. Here's a big fat man lifting a bunch of plates 200 times in a row while there's, you know, some overly jacked white dude screaming and spitting in his face. You know, the Arizona Cardinal strength and conditioning coach was the guy that was always there year after year after year because of how entertaining he was. The NFL 
NFL combine has changed so much so that I got to the point now where I'm the old dude sitting here like, all right, so how much of this do we really need? Right? Like, like how, ma- how many times do I have to watch really, really fast people in spandex shorts run really, really, really fast times only to see them not do anything in the NFL? By the way, shout out to Tyquan Thornton. I believe the kid out of Baylor, the wide receiver out of Baylor who ran a 4-2-1 unofficially. Yeah, you could already send his bag to whatever address that he needs, right? Just send the money. You, you have, you. Have, I don't even know what his draft stock is. But when you run a four-two-one, somebody's gonna find a, a set of shoulder pads early on in the draft for you. But this, this combine for me is a lot different because as a Bears fan, I'm not watching. Uh, any of the day one guys because they're, they're off the list unless the Bears do something magical and trade up, which I don't foresee because they don't have draft capital in the first place because of the trades they've made over the last few years. A guy like Chris Olave, you know, the wide receiver out of Ohio State. When I was doing Big Ten radio with my guy, Anthony Heron, former University of Iowa Hawkeye, I, I constantly, every Ohio State game, Chris Olave's freshman year, I will never forget, I would tell him, hey, man, this dude is doing everything on the field as a freshman. He was he was a gunner on their punt team. Anytime he was on the field in the slot, he was getting open, making plays. And over the last couple of years, you've seen his game mature so much that this was going to be the only point where, okay, the physical measure and the tangibles, the actual tangible stuff, the raw materials, it was that going to put him in that upper class of, of uh, wide receiver coming into this draft? Or was he going to be you know, a second, third, fourth round guy? I no way in hell did I think he was going to be a third or fourth round guy, but maybe slip into the second. He messes around and runs a 4-2-6 unofficially as well. So the NFL combine is where dudes go to get paid, and you also find out who's been working hard since their last football game, uh, who's been on the rubber chicken circuit, enjoying themselves, and then all of a sudden blasts out to Arizona for a good two- or three-week training camp, and then they come up with a lame hamstring or a calf strain or something like that, and they don't have to work until their pro day. Like, the NFL combine has always had the weirdest optics, right? Because obviously it's a bunch of brothers. So and I, I, predominantly uh, it's a bunch of brothers running around and being poked and prodded and weighed and measured and all the weird shit that they used to have them walk out on the stage. I'm glad that they've cut that part of the programming off where they walk them out on the stage. I'm like, eh, this just kind of feels weird, but okay. You know, you got a bunch of guys and, with stopwatches and whistles whispering about, you know, this guy's hips look good or this guy's lower trunk is, is what it needs to be. I've always tried to boil it down to the football movements for positional specific groups, like the 10-yard shuttle, right? The, the cone drill, those kinds of things. Short burst area, agility, quickness, quick twitch muscles. It, how is it different from a defense for a defensive lineman as opposed to a wide receiver getting out the starting blocks? That's why I've watched the NFL Combine. And of course, to hear Michael Irvin and Deion Sanders yell at me for a good two and a half hours when it's the wide receiver's day and the and the cornerback's day. But hey man, the, the NFL Combine's come around and a little piece of tape has floated out there uh, with Ryan Poles talking to his draft room. And my man Alex Brown, who's been on this podcast, of course, former Florida Gator. Uh, former New Orleans Saints, and of course, more importantly, former Chicago Bears, actually was on the last Super Bowl team that the Bears uh, uh, possessed. He threw it on his Instagram about Brian Poles, who was talking about a specific player and saying, make sure we look at the social media scrub. And I found it so interesting that in today's day and age, where people are telling on themselves every chance they get, 
on Instagram, whether it be criminals, dudes who are cheating, uh, athletes who are do- doing stuff after hours in their IG stories, thinking that, all right, it's going to disappear in 24 days, I mean, 24 hours, so it can't hurt. The, the fact that an NFL GM who is 36 years old, I believe, Ryan Poles, is sitting at the head of a table with his entire scouting staff around him, and they're pouring over what a player can or can't do for their team, and you hear one of his area scouts say, I, I, I'd be willing to bet that this guy is going to be a winning player at some point. And the last thing he says about that player is, can we check and get a social media scrub? Like these are the, the guys are losing, gaining, achieving, um, burning up, um, um, mending fences, all without people knowing it. And, and I'll never forget going back to when the Bears uh, drafted Cedric Benson and Cedric Benson crying uh, when, when the interview came around to him after he got his jersey, uh, you know, he's, you know, holds up his, his number one Bears jersey and he, and he walks over, I believe it was the fourth pick in the draft that year, and he immediately breaks down. He breaks down and starts to talk about the entire process and how tough it was for him. Uh, and, and God rest his soul, because, you know, Cedric Benson, we later found out, was fighting a lot of issues, right? And always was a sweetheart. Like, in any... Any kind of interaction I had with him covering him, he's always a kind, uh, gentle, seemingly gentle dude. Uh, but, you know, his teammates, uh, there's that fateful moment in the Super Bowl where uh, Cedric came out of the game and never, never entered back into the game and then didn't have a surgery following that game. And everybody was like, wait a minute. You left the Super Bowl and you didn't have to get cut. You, you didn't have to get opened up at all. Like, that means you asked out of that. And it soured him to his teammates. But, he cried that day because of everything he had gone through. There's a private investigator involved, like all the things that young players and young adults don't understand that, that, that businesses, big businesses, one of 32 franchises getting ready to invest in you. Yeah, we're about to put a, pour millions of dollars into your bank account. You're damn right. We're going to try to check out every single thing that we possibly can about you. We're going to go talk to your third grade teacher. All right, we go. We go. We're gonna talk to you, your high school football coach. We're gonna try to dig up your high school girlfriend and figure out how you treated her because we're about to give you all the money in the world. To think that we've come from that short time. What was that? What 17, 18 years ago to today, where all you got to do now is go on a player's social media feed and see exactly what he or she has been engaging in. Millions of dollars are at stake. It stuck out to me. Like, yeah, I know you came here to, to hear about who I think the Bears should draft in the fifth round with their second fifth round pick. Listen, a, a, an offensive player. How about that? I think the Bears should go offense until the very last pick where they can maybe fill in a linebacker or a safety or a corner or something like that. But I think they should go offense. But what stuck out to me more so than anything is that the age that we're living in and how important uh, our phones are to us. I listen to all my podcasts on the phone, right? I'm not talking about my podcast especially, but shout out to you if you listen to the full go because that's what you're doing right now. But the ones that I subscribe to, they're all right here on the phone. I read most of my articles right here on my phone. And guess what? There are a lot of people out there who are throwing away or earning millions and millions of dollars right now in this very moment that don't even know it. Because the NFL Combine and Ryan Poles and Chicago Bears and the other 31 teams that are there are going to get a hold of your social media. And Alex Brown was on his social media telling young young players, yo, this is what it's going to be. And if you take a look at it, like, we, we are in the age of keeping very little to ourselves. I'm guilty of it as well. 
And what you're going to do is you're going to show at some point your true self. And you may not even think you're showing it, right? Oh, yeah, this guy's a narcissist. Oh, yeah, every one of this person's pictures is about them. I love that, by the way. I love the Instagram accounts that I go to where it's like 9,000 pictures and it's all of you. It's like, man, is that all you truly see? Like, is that the only thing that's on the other side of your camera? It's very interesting to kind of, you know, figure that out. That's why me, being cognizant of that, try to space those out as much as I possibly can so people can't say that about me. But maybe that's part of my own little psychosis. But yeah. Guys out here losing millions of dollars because of what they may or may not be putting on social media. So I found that very interesting. I don't know if necessarily, if, I don't know, if Bill Polian is the head of Chicago Bears, you know, football, if he's the president of football operations or the GM or whatever the case may be, whatever the title is. I don't know if Bill Polian is thinking, yeah, we got to go ahead and do a social media scrub. I I, frankly, I don't know if Bill Polian knows what Instagram or Snapchat or Twitter or any of those things are. So, yeah, just just something that I noticed that was it stuck out to me, you know, while we were pouring over all these things. Yeah, I want Chris Olave as much as the next guy. Yeah, you know, there's an Ohio State tackle that the Bears might be able to nab there in the second round if they're thinking of going tackle and kicking Larry Borm in the guard. Yeah, you're going to hear all the mock draft stuff that you need to hear. We're actually going to get a couple of people on as this draft process kind of fills itself out. But I found it very interesting that the first thing that that Ryan Poles, and this isn't his first task as Bears general manager. I understand that. But him going into this venture, the first thing that I noticed is his youth and his awareness of youth and, and how that relatability might key in on something that may have a winning attitude or winning culture or something that may keep that attitude that isn't a winning attitude or a winning culture out of your locker room. It's just the little things when we talk about, and I'm not being an ageist here, but in the in the times where the GMs and the, the baseball presidents in, in Major League Baseball are getting younger and younger and younger, we look around to the NFL, you got 36-year-old coaches getting hired, right? Kevin O'Connell just got a, a gig. He's 36 years old. You know, Matt LaFleur, Sean McVay, Right. Like you've got all these people running around the NFL who are getting younger and younger and younger. And we look at the GMs now, the Bears have finally gotten one. And I'm not saying that a social media scrub is going to keep him from actually picking a scrub. What I am saying is there is a higher level of relatability and there is no excuses, because if you're getting to that part uh, of the delineation process between this is who we need to pick and this is who we don't need to pick. I feel like you're doing a thorough enough job now. We'll just find out if you can evaluate talent or not. Time for some commercials. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you 
and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. The full goal with Jason Golf. I mentioned Oksana. Shout out to her because uh, she she does my nails and my feet, and she does a, a terrific job. And I, and I tipped her. Uh, and I'm not I'm not very good at understanding how much of a tip is too much of a tip. I just judge by your eyes. Like I always go at least 25 percent, 25, 30 percent. But the tip that I gave her, she immediately scheduled me and said, I will see you back here in two and a half, three weeks. And she was very happy about it. But before we were done, uh, we talked about what was going on over in the Ukraine. And uh, she told me about, you know, what her family members uh, seemingly have been going through and how she's lost contact with a lot of them. And it, it got me to thinking, it was something that I wanted to talk about last pod. You know, we've got a lot of people in this country uh, who, you know, whatever side of any battle, whether it be political or actual, you know, literally wars and battles, uh, you, you jump on your side, you know, you, you, you find your agenda and you come out swinging. Um, I'm not going to ask you to do that because, frankly, I don't know what to say or do in this situation. I am ignorant to a lot of the things and a lot of the history that has um, brought the people of Russia and the people of Ukraine to this moment. I'm learning piece by piece uh, from people who I trust and just trying to do as much reading as possible. And shout out to Van Lathan and uh, Rachel Lindsay uh, for covering this subject on their Higher Learning podcast right here on our uh, network of podcasts on The Ringer for the last couple of pods they've covered and also covered how, um, you know, Africans are being and Black people are being treated right now in the Ukraine uh, as they are trying to get out of there as well under fire. But the reason why I've been thinking about it is we've got a lot of athletes in this country who talk about activism, engage in activism. Uh, we got a lot of people who tell those athletes to shut up and, and stop engaging in activism or keep your, your eyes off of the political realm and do what you're paid to do, which is dribble a basketball or throw a football or, you know, stop a hockey puck or hit a home run in baseball. Um, the Klitschko brothers and Lomachenko, uh, the fact that champions, heavyweight champions and boxing champions are not even being forced. Well, I guess the, the moment is forcing them, but willingly are picking up arms to defend their land, to defend their country, to defend their people, to defend their honor. Um, can you imagine if the greatest athletes, the greatest American-born athletes, First of all, can you imagine anyone encroaching America in that manner, right? Like with the, the geographical border neighbors, right? Canada and Mexico, we don't really have to worry about that. But can you imagine LeBron James or Patrick Mahomes, right? Or Mookie Betts or somebody of that nature being filmed or being photographed in military fatigues with, uh, uh, you know, a semi-automatic or an automatic rifle in their hands. Because when I, when I looked at the picture of Lomachenko, when I look at the picture of the, the, the president over there in Ukraine, who is, you know, ostensibly on the front lines with his people, um, it, it puts it in a different light. 
Um, what's going on over there is disheartening. Um, you know, man's inhumanity to man right on display for you. Uh, the, the old lady walking up to the soldier and giving him the sunflower seeds and telling him that I hope flowers grow where your body drops on this soil. Like, there's some gut-wrenching imagery and some gut-wrenching audio and the, the, the ship that is being told to put down your weapons and surrender and them telling, <laughs> them telling the, the warship, fuck you. Like, there's some real, real things happening over there and it's saddening, it's maddening to see people suffer uh, and then to see people who look like you in wartime still being treated um, like third and, and, and fourth class citizens in a, in a war torn country at this point is, is just crazy. Cause it's like, even in war and even in the worst moments, um, you know, black people are still being discriminated against over there. And I'm not saying it's happening by everybody, but some of those, some of those images and some of the stories that are starting to leak out of there, there's a lot of press and a lot of spin being put on a lot of things right now. And uh, the people who are on the ground tweeting about it and talking about it are showing you exactly what's happening. It's just, uh, I was I was driving around the other day thinking to myself like, this is crazy. And and by the way, the Klitschko brothers are retired. Like one of them is the mayor of <laughs> Kiev, right? So so just think, retired dudes having. We just saw the seventy fifth celebration uh, at the All Star Game in, in, in Cleveland. Can you imagine? Can you imagine Magic Johnson or Michael Jordan, right? Or or any of the, the 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 guys that we saw sitting, you know, stand, I should say, at that you know center court celebration, having all of a sudden to bear arms to protect the freedoms of the people that are around them and themselves. Um, it is, you know, anytime I, I've got a, I've got a, a little cousin uh, who was in Afghanistan twice, uh, and he's what now twenty five years old. And he's talked about some of the things that he's seen. I've never brought it up with him. I've never engaged in, in it with him because, you know, that has been my dealing with military members who have actually seen combat is that you don't talk to them about it unless they want to talk about it because you don't know what triggers and what traumas they, they aren't willing to go through. Can you imagine understanding that I'm not trained for this? I'm not ready to do this maybe, but the freedoms that I will stand by and live by, I am ready to die by. I think there are a lot of people who do a lot of talking in this country. And a lot of it is for the good. But God forbid we ever have to come to a situation where um, we are put in that dire strait and who's going to take it up and who's going to run away from it because I wouldn't put judgment on anybody either way. But to watch former athletes who were celebrated not just in their home countries, but in this country, like superstar athletes in the boxing game um, to, to see, uh, I believe there's a, a Ukraine ballerina or ice skater uh, who competed in the Olympics not too long ago. Uh, Picture with an AK-47. Like they are handing machine guns out to people to defend their country. So when we, we talk about activism, when we talk about stepping up and doing what's right for your people. Uh, always know that there's another level. And these people in Ukraine are being forced to that level right now. And it's unfortunate to watch and unfortunate to see, but it just put me in the realm of 
thinking about how new social justice is and and how new social activism is for a lot of this generation because it's been happening. You know, you go back to Cap, and I'm talking about Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, <laughs> but you go back to Cap back in the days when he did it on the campus of UCLA with Bill Walton before him and all those other guys. You talk about Colin Kaepernick in, in, in recent generation, uh, you know, and, and what he has stood for in terms of, um, you know, police reform and police responsibility uh, or responsibility in policing. Uh, the next level is war. And it's something that we as Americans truly don't have to deal with. Now, the Americans that go and fight abroad, yes, we, we appreciate them. We, we appreciate their sacrifice and we, we honor them in whatever way we can. But to think about having to do it on your home soil, right? Something that Americans would never have to think about. But to think about having to do it on your home soil and then on top of that, not just military, but the people who you see on television, the people who you celebrated, the people who might be your civic and local heroes having to bear arms, that's another level. So, you know, put one up, whether it be in the air or prayer for the people of Ukraine and what's going on over there right now, uh, because it's not pretty and everybody is is um, involved, as you can see. So uh, I don't have any, you know, whimsical saying or any tidy way to finish this thing up. It just, it, it stuck out to me that you've got some of the most established, celebrated and heralded athletes in that country's history who are now having to pick up guns to protect its people and to protect themselves. So um, however you feel about either side, whatever the case may be, um, death is forever. And these are people who are going into it feeling very comfortable and we're feeling very comfortable in life. Hell, I believe Lomachenko was out of the country and came back to do this. So um, there are a lot of people who talk about sacrifice and then there are people who are willing to do it uh, at any cost. And I think we're seeing a lot of that right now with not only the people of Ukraine, but also the elite of Ukraine, so to speak. So uh, best wishes, thoughts and prayers and all that stuff go out to the people of Ukraine. And um, yeah, man, as we always say, make sure you continue to take care of each other because you never know. That's all the time we have for episode 72 of The Full Go. We appreciate you, as always, for hanging out with us. The voicemail line is 773-359-3103. You can drop in at any point in time. If it's good enough, we will play it on our next voicemail segment. I think we're going to have one next show, maybe on Sunday's show. And speaking of Sunday, when we return here for this podcast, we are looking forward to talking to legendary, not just voice of FM radio here in the city of Chicago, Mike Love, but a guy who was around when all the Kanye West genius documentary was being filmed, what we're watching right now on Netflix, looking forward to that final installment and chopping it up with our guy, Mike Love. And of course, thank you to our production staff, as always, the shadowy figure known as Steve Cerruti. He was with us today on the pod. That's how I knew it was a special pod when I see Steve Cerruti's face. And the always active Jesse Lopez, we appreciate you. Our main man, Chris Tannehill, had the night off and he deserves it. He gets to hang out with his daughter, Juju. So shout out to him and the Tannehill family. For the fellas, I am Jason Goff. Thanking you for listening to, downloading, rating, reviewing, sharing, subscribing, all the things that you do for this podcast. I truly, truly appreciate it. As always, we leave you with this. Take care of each other and be safe.
This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. When I went on my last holiday to Cape Town, it was amazing. My friends were there, the weather was phenomenal, and most importantly, the food was fantastic. But one thing I struggled with was finding the right places to stay. You know, all I want is a great bed, a fantastic shower, and breakfast that doesn't end at 8 a.m. I'm on holiday, I'm still sleeping. I also like ease, and the Hotels.com app easily helps me to find a perfect hotel for every trip. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly getaway or a relaxing spa weekend, on the Hotels.com app, you can compare up to five hotels side-by-side. Now, why would you want to do that? So you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings. And best of all, you don't have to switch back and forth between options. See? Ease. So, start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.